The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what I did was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Continuing bold predictions week here on Thursday, June 4th. Welcome everybody to the sh- uh, June 3rd. June 3rd, yeah. There we go. Uh, Adam Hazer <laughs> with Dave Rich. Bold prediction, you're going to get the day wrong. <laughs> yeah, you know, because I'm confused because we're recording it on the 2nd. There's really no excuse though. Because I went from two to four. Yeah, anyway, we're a day behind. We're recording on Wednesday afternoon. You're listening on Thursday. Hope you've been enjoying them so Are far. Are we a day ahead? No, we're re- no. It's a, it's we're recording on Wednesday. People are going to hear it on Thursday. So that doesn't mean ahead. we're a day behind. What do you mean? Yes. We're, we're a day ahead. We're, we're recording it a day ahead of when you're going to release it. In this particular <laughs> case, ahead and behind actually mean the same thing, I think. Adam, I'm going to give you a quiz. <laughs> What's the number between seven and nine? Seven, eight, nine. Uh, well, that's not the whole number. You gave me three numbers. Eight. I wanted one, so you got the quiz wrong on okay. top of it. Do you know how to use a calendar? We are a day. I guess we are a day ahead. Do you know what a calendar is? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. In a sense, we're a day behind as well. How many so, hours in a day? What did Adam, I do you yesterday? You, yesterday, what did I do? I couldn't count to six. And then uh, that we were reading <laughs> that. Part yesterday. We were doing that draft on the air, and I I had the sixth pick, and I thought I had the fifth pick, and whatever. And then last night or uh, Tuesday night, I uh, couldn't calculate ten percent of eleven, which was pretty. Oh, you bad. were going out to dinner and leaving a big tip, huh? <laughs> no, no, it was I was on the live stream. Heath was like, "Oh, he's ten percent better." Andrews was ten percent better than Hawkins, and I was like, "No, he wasn't." And actually, yes, he was. Uh, so whatever, we're uh, we're I'm on a roll. Good stuff. Feel free to laugh at me. So, Dave, welcome back from uh, your trip to Vegas. What was the best thing you ate in Las Vegas? Uh, I had a excellent ribeye dinner. I had an unbelievable. The, the best thing I had was this unbelievable Mexican feast at a restaurant called Juan's Flaming Fajitas in Henderson, Nevada. I couldn't, my highest possible recommendation. Really? Find, find a way to get out there. They have two off strip locations and, uh, don't eat the chips that they give you for free before your meal. Why? Because, because then you'll fill up and you won't be able to finish your meal. It's, it's an amazing bargain value deal. It's awesome. Okay. So what did you get there? Did you get the fajitas? The flaming fajitas. Okay. Which they literally roll out to you on a tray and then they light it on fire right in front of you. And then it's in Vegas, so they make it disappear. 
right? Well, no, like I made it disappear. <laughs> True. All right. Well, we've got some news and notes and three bold predictions from Dave, uh, Josh Jacobs, Marquise Brown, Tyler Boyd. These are fun ones. Let's start with the news and notes. Ron Rivera talking about Antonio Gibson says he expects a big jump from Antonio Gibson, who was a top 15 running back last year. Overall, he was 13th in non-PPR, 14th in PPR per game, 15th in, in non-PPR, 20th in PPR. Um, but that was with only four games with more than 14 carries. So, But uh, Rivera says he expects a big jump from Gibson. And Gibson, by the way, still reportedly rehabbing from the toe injury that he sustained late last season. I don't, is this news item for you guys? Is this I mean, it's exciting. You know, it's exciting that he's... Uh got the chance to, you know, hopefully make that second year leap that Christian McCaffrey made under Ron Rivera. Um, you know, that's, uh, <laughs> that's fun to think of. Um, mm. you know, uh, I mean, we've talked about this, you know, a lot, Adam, that this is a guy that was a converted wide receiver going to running back with no off season. And now he's got a full off season. He's still dealing with the toe injury according to reports. So hopefully that'll be, um, you know, something that's behind him, but this offense is going to get better. Um, and, and I hope that his role in the passing game, increases and JD McKissick, as he said, goes away. So uh, I, I love the upside for Gibson. You know, he's in that group of uh, Cam Akers and Joe Mixon and Najee Harris and um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire and, you know, whoever you want to throw in there um, of the running backs that are going to go somewhere between 10 and 15. And he may be better than all of them. I just think that, you know, today is the second, tomorrow is the third. I just felt like we were behind you know, like two being behind three. That's kind of how I felt about it. Next news item. I was thinking that was all I was thinking about while Jamie was yeah. talking. Green Bay, they are clearing some cap space. According to uh, NFL Network's Tom Pelissero, that's another sign that they intend to keep Aaron Rodgers. So we shall see. Keep him or give him a new deal. That makes him one of the highest paid quarterbacks that's, in the league. Yes, that. That's I, what they need to do. That's the apology that he's looking for. <laughs> right. And uh, Jameis Winston, according to NewOrleans.com, not set right now as a starting quarterback. And then the Athletics, Larry Holder, Dave, you read the article. He wrote about um, you know his observations of Winston and maybe that he he wouldn't necessarily be the best fit for Michael Thomas because he's not as accurate on slant routes. What else? What did you take away from the article? Basically, what he did is he went over how Jameis Winston did throwing every different type of route out there, and then the ones that. Uh, Winston was was good at throwing. I think the in route was one of them. He made recommendations on who would benefit from it. Obviously, Michael Thomas would benefit from any pretty much any route, including go routes. Uh, but there were a lot of routes on there, and I don't have the details. Uh, I, I don't have the article open in front of me, but there were a lot of routes where Jameis struggled. And th- that's the kind of stuff that he's going to have to improve upon and show it in training camp if he's going to be the primary quarterback for the Saints this year. But the slant is one of those that he did have a hard time with. That's something that Michael Thomas runs very well. But the truth of the matter is that Michael Thomas runs every route very well. So the ones that Jameis can throw effortlessly and accurately, those are the ones that you'll see a lot more of. I'll go to Jamie first. Who do you guys think will be the starting quarterback? Or or how about this? If you're setting odds right now, you know, what what kind of odds would you put on Winston and or Taysom Hill, Jamie, to win that job, be the starting quarterback? I think Jameis will be the starter. I I think, you know, he'll get the first opportunity. And then if he struggles, they go back to Taysom Mill because that's something that Sean Payton has seen already, that he can go to Taysom Mill as a replacement and and be successful. Dave, what about you? What do you think? 
I, I agree. Okay. I, I, I think Jamie's right. But the, the problem is that I don't think there's a scenario that'll play it where Jameis is the full-time every snap quarterback for New Orleans. And that, that just puts a cap on what we can do with them in fantasy. All right, FFT listeners, you've probably seen it all over social media this week. Floyd Money Mayweather will be fighting viral star Logan Paul this Sunday on Showtime. There's only one place to get all your coverage for this carnival boxing match. That is the Morning Combat Podcast. Brian Campbell and Luke Thomas will be on site in Miami all week to provide you with everything you need leading up to the fight. Follow Morning Combat wherever you listen to podcasts to get all the preview content you need for this crazy event. You know, it's fighting that night, right? Mm-hmm. No. A former colleague. Your former colleague. Nando? And we don't mean Nando. Nando's fighting? <laughs> Who's fighting? Oh, Chad Johnson. Yes. Yes. Oh, Justin is fighting. Boxing debut. Cool. Uh, Dave, was well, we'll your, see if it's cool. Wasn't your son? <laughs> was your son really kind of obsessed with Logan Paul, or or was it the other like guy? five years ago? I'd say. Uh, okay, that was the first time I had ever heard of him when you were talk, telling me about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Not anymore. Boxer. Now okay. he's obsessed with uh, the Boston Celtics, <laughs> who are, who have been bounced from the playoffs. Yeah. But he's all psyched because they got rid of Danny Ainge and they bumped up Brad Stevens, and now he's trying to figure out who the next coach is going to be. Oh, I didn't know any yeah. of that. So, so based on this, five years from now, Brad Stevens will be in a boxing match <laughs> that we'll be talking about and maybe even wagering on. Might be against Danny Ainge. Maybe. How about that? Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get to Dave's bold predictions. Josh <clears> Jacobs <throat> will be no better. Then RB24 in PPR. I mean, it's, yeah, I know it's not great, but that would be bad if he can't even finish top 24. Josh Jacobs will be no better than RB24 in PPR. Go ahead. And I, I really wanted to say won't even be a number two fantasy running back, but I couldn't find exactly 24 running backs to put ahead of him in my PPR rankings. And I think he'll be a little bit better in non-PPR. But I just, I, I look at every single action that the Raiders took this offseason, and none of it is good for Josh Jacobs. They bring in Kenyon Drake. I don't think he's going to be um, just locked into the Devontae Booker role. I think his role will be a little bit more expansive than that. I think they like his ability to pass, catch. I like I think they think he's better in short yardage situations than Jacobs. He'll take away some of those situations from Jacobs, and he gives them an out in case Jacobs continues to average less than four yards per carry, uh, play very inconsistently, which is what he did last year. You think about the offensive line on top of it, three new starters, two of the new starters don't have good grades from pro football focus and run blocking. Uh, another starter, Colton Miller, the left tackle, terrible grade. Uh, and a rookie is going to be starting for them at right tackle, Alex Leatherwood. It just it feels like a mess, and it it just it it makes me frustrated. And then the the cherry on top was uh, I I did a projected strength of schedule for every basically every team's offensive positions, and for the Raiders they had one of the worst, if not the worst. I have to double check and see uh, projected run schedules in 2021. Tons of terrible matchups, including the Ravens and the Steelers in weeks one and two. So he's going to get off to a tough start. You're going to draft Josh Jacobs. You're going to think, oh, great, I got a stud running back. Well, he's got two tough matchups to begin the year. If he struggles in those matchups or if he gets hurt in those matchups, Kenyon Drake can take his spot. He's going to be a nightmare to have. I don't want to draft him on my fantasy team. Pretty compelling case, Jamie. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm I'm not a, a Josh Jacobs guy. It's you know probably a, a better argument to have with Heath because Heath does like Josh Jacobs. 
Um, I think the, you know, the offensive line scenario is interesting because pro football focus had them ranked as the 24th offensive line last year. And so maybe changing things up could be good, you know, so that's not necessarily a a thing that I, I, I'm going to look at and say it's a positive or negative until I see them play because they did perform so poorly last year. Um, so, you know, maybe some, some changes can be an upgrade, but the addition of Kenyon Drake obviously was going to be bad for Josh Jacobs to begin with. So this is a this is a guy getting significant competition. It was uh, something that we've talked about quite a bit since the free agent move happened, and so Kenyon Drake is a better pass catcher. That's going to hurt Josh Jacobs, who we know hasn't necessarily been used in that role to the level that we would like. And whatever he takes away from as a runner is going to hurt him as well. So you're seeing Josh Jacobs uh, in this average draft position range already, and so um, I don't think he's going to be drafted any higher than the 20th running back off the board. So to call him the 24th running back, I think that's great. He's averaged 2.6 targets per game through his first two seasons. Where's that number going this year? Right. Well, so the thing is, is is Kenyon Drake really a better pass catcher than him? I, I don't know if he's I don't, necessarily. Yes. I don't. They don't uh, have. They don't have a true in in those two. Well, neither of right. them, to me, is a true. That's the thing. They still back, have right? Jalen Richard. They still have Richard. Yes. Right. So he he can certainly catch the football. They've got a fullback that'll catch five passes this year. But <laughs> right. I think they like Drake's ability to add that element back into their offense. We didn't see it from Drake last year very often. We saw we saw Drake morph into a north south runner last yes, year. Yes. Yeah, but two years ago he was very good and he was good in that role. I agree. Team. And I think that's what the Raiders are looking for. They're looking for him to bring that back and still be a power alternative to Jacobs. I just want to check uh, his ADP, Josh Jacobs. Um, yeah, I think Heath. You know, Heath is the Jacobs guy. He does. I think he doesn't really feel like Kenyon Drake is going to get a much bigger role than what we've seen from Richard and Booker. But that's just I, silly. I've broken it down. Well, I, maybe I'm speaking out of turn. Maybe that's not how he feels. I think that's how he feels. If you just look at the stats page and you see the carries for Booker or Richard, or whatever or the catches. It's a little deceiving. You have to do it in only the games that Josh Jacobs played. And when Josh Jacobs has played, he's been 18.6 and 18.2 carries per game. Not not left early with an injury. So when he's been healthy, he's 18 carries per game. The other running backs on the team are about six carries per game. Yeah, he's still going to be the dominant ball carrier there. But now you're talking about probably, I would say, 15 at best. Uh, he's uh, By the way... ADP on NFC for the last month since May 1st is uh, 20th, RB20. Mm-hmm. Ahead of Chris Carson, Travis Etienne. I still don't understand why James Robinson is at right ahead, right behind Travis Etienne. Robinson almost made my bold prediction list. All right, let's go to your next bold prediction. Now, this one's really fun. Marquise Brown will finish as a top 24 wide receiver and have a monster... First nine weeks. Marquise Brown, top 24. That would be surprising to a lot of people. I think it would be very surprising, but look at how he finished last year. And and for the record, I do not have it ranked this way as of now, but it is something I'm considering. In fact, the next two bold predictions, this one and the next one, I'm thinking about making those changes and making them actually uh, reflect in my rankings. I think that's how bold predictions ultimately should be. Last six games of the regular season, add in the playoff games, that's eight games. 37 catches, 534 yards, and six touchdowns. The Ravens brought him in a little bit. His average depth of target was a lot shorter. He ran more crossing routes. They used those crossing routes in the red zone, and it clicked for him. He had a lot of good numbers. You basically take those numbers from the last eight games, you double them, 
uh, and you add a little bit, 6% more on top of it because there's 17 games, and he projects out to over 1,100 yards and 12 touchdowns. Sounds crazy. How could he get 12 touchdowns? Well, if he's used the same way, I think the opportunity is there. We know the Ravens want to be more effective throwing the football. Certainly, once they do that, their efficiency will go up throwing the football. They have addressed it in free agency with Sammy Watkins. They added Rashad Bateman. I still think Brown is the best receiver in this offense. I still think he can make big plays. I'm hoping that in his magical third year, things click for him. You can draft him as a number three receiver, but he's got a chance to sneak into that top 24 in large part because of the schedule that they have to begin the season. It's great through the first nine weeks. It's the second half toward the end a little bit of the regular season that I think you'd get a little nervous to use him. So ride him out for the first eight, nine weeks of the season and then flip him if you can, assuming he has the year that I think he's going to have. The good news is you can draft him as a number four wide receiver. He's 41st, Marquise Brown, 41st in NFC average draft position since May 1st. And one thing you didn't mention, though, is Rashad Bateman. Or and or no, I mentioned that they added somebody in the draft and okay. in the free agency. Okay, so do you? so you just don't think that's a big deal? No, I mean, look. There, there were guys last year that took targets away from him. There was Willie Sneed, who no, was basically the black guy, and Miles really. Boykin took a few. They, they didn't even have, but but again, I mean, I, I the same. I make the same arguments, uh, not even arguments, just points. Whenever we talk yeah. about Mark Andrews, it has been Andrews and Marquise Brown getting basically half the targets mm-hmm. uh, for two straight seasons. No it one else. Surprised me if that continued this year. Adam. Okay, even with Bateman there. All right. Bateman's good. There, there's no question he's good, but he's still got to fill the role as an outside perimeter receiver as a first-year player. Jamie, your thoughts? Marquise Brown, top 24. I mean, I'd love to see it, but I, I can't buy it. I, I just think, you know, you, you're bringing in guys for a team that's not going to throw the ball very much, and those guys are going to be much more involved than the Willie Sneeds of the world. You know, Sammy Watkins, if he's healthy, he's going to be involved. Obviously, Rashad Bateman, if he's healthy and, and does what the Ravens hope he's going to do by spending the draft capital on him, he's going to be involved. Uh, Tylen Wallace is going to be involved, you know, so with what Andrews does, he's going to obviously command targets as well. So um, Brown's piece of the pie is getting smaller. And so, you know, he's going to have to be more successful with less targets going his direction unless the Ravens change their offensive philosophy, which would be a little bit of a surprise. So as we talked about with Mark Andrews last uh, last show, uh, whether it was uh, uh, looking back or looking ahead, whatever you, you want to call it, Em, um, uh, I, I just think it's hard to buy Marquise Brown getting better than what he was or sustaining what he was with the additional mouth defeat. So uh, I'd love to see it. I like Marquise Brown. I think he's a good player. But, um, you know, unless they uh, just change the amount of – targets they're going to give their receivers amount of pass opportunities they're going to have for Lamar Jackson and just change their offense completely is going to be difficult for Marquise Brown to be that type of fantasy wide receiver in 2021. If you guys, each of you had to project the number of targets per game Marquise Brown would get this year, what number would that be? Six to seven, I would say. Okay. Well, in those eight games last year, he was averaging a tad more than seven per game. And I mean, like he basically was at seven per game. So, those, so, yeah, if you're it goes down to six, about, of course that'll hurt him. You're talking about last six regular season plus two postseason. Plus two postseason. Yeah, and and you take those eight games, and Dave already did the math, but just to give you the numbers again, you take those eight games and just multiply by two, and in 16 games, it was 114 target pace. It was 1,068 yards and 12 touchdowns. Um, he he is, I. it's really weird. I, I look at him so similarly to Mark Andrews, just obviously they play different positions. But... He's played 30 games. Marquise Brown has played 30 games in his career. He has fewer than 50 yards in 20 of 30 games. He has fewer than 30 yards 
in 12 of 30 games. More than a third. Less than 30 yards. He has fewer than 10 yards in five games. But then in the postseason, that's a, he's got three games in the postseason. Three, all three games, 87 or more yards. And he averages 11.9 yards per target in three postseason games. 7.9 in the regular season. I don't know if that means nothing. That's or, over his career? Seven, yes, yeah, seven point nine in the regular season in thirty games, eleven point nine in the postseason in three games. It's only three games, but he shows glimpses, I think, of of what he can do. But he showed it. Some big games, he's gonna have some disappointing. Yeah, that's games the thing. It's hard. Is. It's hard to stay consistent with right. the past. So his runner. his raw numbers may be the top twenty four receiver that Dave's predicting him to be. It's going to be like Tyler Lockett. You know, you're going to have some big weeks where he's great. You'll have some weeks where you're just like, why am I starting this guy? And that's the frustration of a player like him. Right. The targets just aren't there consistently. The difference being, obviously, that everybody's going to continue to start Tyler Lockett when he goes through rough patches because he's capable of putting well, up I mean, two hundred yards, three touchdowns in a game. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that was the first time people really finally started to get away from Tyler Lockett. And but Dave, I think it's a lot easier to get away from Marquise. But I don't. I don't like comparing the two. I like Lockett better. Yeah. But Dave, I, I mean, I, and I get what you're saying that just the, you know, the ups and downs of of these types of receivers. I'm hoping that he'll be a little bit more consistent than Tyler Lockett. Just maybe not necessarily have the full year to date totals that Lockett will have. But the thing about Marquise Brown that is great is, like you said, Adam, his ADP is fantastic. Yeah. And if he does have those big weeks, and you are starting him, especially in three receiver leagues, those are the type of leagues that you end up winning. You know, you're playing to win. He's the type of player that helps you win. He's going to help you lose a lot too. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, I, I just last thing I, I gave you all the stats about the yards, less than uh, fewer than fifty yards, and what did I say? Twenty of thirty games. Even in that eight game stretch that we keep talking about, where he really popped, he had fifty or fewer yards in half of them. He had a thirty nine yard, fifty yard, twenty five, forty one, and then he had eighty five or more in in half of them as well. So that has been Marquise Brown thus far through two seasons. Our wide receiver 41, yeah, could, there's a strong case that that's great value for him. All right, last, last bold prediction. Tyler Boyd will be the best Bengals wide receiver in PPR. Myler Boyd. He's Dave's today, though. Dave is uh, getting situated after getting his dog. Uh, I'll, are you back, Dave? Dave, Dave, Dave? I'll tell you this about Tyler Boyd. Uh, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. All right. Go ahead. You tell me then about Tyler Boyd. He'll be the best Bengals wide receiver in PPR. That's your bold prediction. Okay. Obviously, I don't have it ranked that way. Not yet. I don't know if I will ever have it ranked that way because you don't have to draft Tyler Boyd ahead of Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. But when I looked at the Bengals schedule for this year, and this was the impetus for getting going on this idea, it looks difficult. I mean, they're in the AFC North. They're going to play the Steelers twice, the Ravens twice, the Browns twice. All those defenses are better than you know, a, a lot of teams in the league. It's going to be hard for them. And one of the things that those teams have a lot of are good outside corners, but not necessarily good slot corners. The Ravens have good slot corners, but the Steelers, question mark. Browns, I think, are going to be a question mark. That's where Boyd's going to be. And that offensive line was improved, but I still think that Joe Burrow is going to have to get rid of the ball quickly because the pass rush is going to be on him. And that's going to be his most reliable short area target is Boyd. So I think he's got a chance, and he was on pace through those first nine games with Joe Burrow to have over 100 catches and have, I think it's like right around 1,100 yards. I think that he can get there in 17 games. So if he stays healthy, if Burrow stays healthy, I think he's a candidate to get 100 catches this year. I don't think he's going to get a ton of touchdowns. He'll get over 1,000 yards if he's catching 100 footballs. But Boyd will be that little security blankie for Burrow 
the way that Cooper Cup was once upon a time for Jared Goff. And I can't believe I'm comparing Burrow to Goff in any way, shape, or form because Burrow's like six times better. But I, I am in this instance. And I think it could help Boyd play a little bit better and be the most productive Bengals receiver in PPR. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jamie, do you think he will lead the team in catches? Let's start with that. I mean, he definitely could. I think all three guys have the, uh, you know, you can make an argument for all three of them, you know, between Boyd, Jamar Chase, and Tyler and uh, T. Higgins to lead the team in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. They're all extremely successful, um, high ceiling, you know, type of players. Um, Boyd may not have the same type of ceiling that the other two have just based on what you've seen from them, uh, whether it's in college or, you know, for Higgins in his rookie season. But um, his floor is pretty safe, you know, three years in a row with at least 76 catches coming into this year. So he should be able to do that. And, um, you know, 90 catches is well within reach. Uh, but you just have to wonder if Burrow's going to lean on his buddy a little bit more, you know, knowing the relationship he has with Chase. He's going to go a little bit more in the direction of T. Higgins, um, knowing what he did last year. So this is, this to me, this is the type of team. It's like the Steelers. It's, uh, what team were we talking about yesterday that also has? The Jets. Good receivers? Cowboys, Panthers. Cowboys, yeah, the other one. Um, you know, Not like if you want a piece of, the of these offenses, you just wait out the third guy and Boyd is definitely going to be the third guy, you know? So that's mm-hmm. the fun part about it is that Chase is going to be the first one drafted most likely Higgins is going to be the second one. And in my opinion, he's being a little bit too underrated because of the addition of Jamar Chase. And then Boyd is also being underrated, you know, just based on what he's done and what his role should be. So, um, I love getting Tyler Boyd. Uh, I, I love drafting him uh, in, in the sixth or seventh round, depending on how many receivers are off the board at that point. He is better in PPR than non-PPR because the touchdowns probably should go in the direction of the other two guys, but um, he could be their best receiver in PPR. I would not draft it that way. I would not rank it that way, but I certainly have no problem uh, waiting him out on draft day and ending up with him with the chance that that could happen. Is this less of a bold statement or as good of a bold statement? Tyler Boyd will be the most consistent Bengals wide receiver this year. It's less bold, but... But it's still like that's one I think I can get behind. Like if you're looking for 12 to 15 PPR points a week, I think he can hit that target very frequently. So let's look at he's like the anti Marquise Brown. Yeah, and right, he really is. Let's look at the ADPs. You got Jamar Chase going 60th as wide receiver 24. Five picks later, you have T Higgins as wide receiver 27. So they're pretty close within five picks of each other within. Uh, four spots among wide receivers. It goes Chase, Lockett, Ayuk, Higgins. And then 20 picks later is Tyler Boyd. So Chase is wide receiver 24, Higgins is 27, and then one to two rounds later, nearly two rounds later, I'd say, Tyler Boyd at wide receiver 34. What's the best value, Jamie? Boyd. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I think you can make the case now for Boyd over Higgins in full PPR. So Yeah, I still take Higgins, but Boyd is, is close. The way I broke it down with Tyler Boyd, and I've said this a lot, and this is the time where I'm going to be repeating myself a lot during the offseason, but hopefully it sticks. And I don't know if you even care about this, but he's had a, a quarterback injury three straight seasons. So I just looked at when Andy Dalton and when Joe Burrow over the last three seasons were healthy, when they started and finished a game. And I took his, his numbers, Tyler Boyd's numbers, per game, where would he have finished? In the last three seasons with a healthy quarterback per game in non-PPR, he would have been wide receiver 19, 30, and 32. In full PPR, wide receiver 18, 22, 16. That's pretty, that's, 
no worse than 22nd, 16 to 22nd in PPR per game when he's had a healthy Dalton and a healthy Burrow. And clearly, this could be the best quarterback that he's played with. It's also the most competition. Also the most competition, absolutely. But he's got his role, and he's a 90-plus catch guy. That's He's not a big touchdown guy. He's only been on pace for eight, five, and five touchdowns with the healthy quarterbacks. But he's a 90-plus catch guy, about 1,100 yards. Very similar to Edelman, I say. I always say that. Not quite as good, but that's what he's been. Any final thoughts? or? Yeah, wanna- the last thought I've got is that Boyd... And I just wanted to look this up because I said he could be the most consistent guy in between 12 to 15 PPR points per game. He had actually 15 plus PPR points in six of 10 games with Burrow last year. Higgins, uh, what? 16 plus. Uh, was it 16? I just, I just wrote 15 plus. So 16 plus, that makes it even better. Thank you. Uh, versus T. Higgins, who only had four games of 15 plus, And now Chase is being added to the mix. I think Chase is going to hurt Higgins more than he hurts Boyd. He's going to hurt both of them. There's no doubt about it. Unless they just yeah. have an amazing passing game. <laughs> uh, well, they're going to be in a lot of competitive games because I think that defense is going to be pretty terrible. Good. I like that. Okay. We will yeah, take a break. And when we come back, your Apple podcast questions and the fantasy cops on fantasy football today. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back, everybody. The Fantasy Cops are here. Send in your questions via email or Apple Podcasts. Put Fantasy Cops in the subject line. You have a league dispute. We will settle it. Here we go. This is from... Oh, Schrager. No name here. Wow. Let's see if we can find a name. Yeah, you find that name, please. And let me know. Um, all right, this is uh, Fantasy Cops question on Apple Podcasts. Hey, Matthew, Barry, and Calvin... Lions. Lions. Last year, when Le'Veon Bell was dropped by the Jets and his interested teams were leaked, I, as the Clyde Edwards Elair manager, sent trade offers to most of my league mates looking to move Edwards Elair. I sent an offer to my commissioner that was CEH and Robbie Anderson for Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. The owner rejected it and sent back CEH and AJ Brown for Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. I accepted the offer and posted in our league group chat the screenshot of the accepted trade, and I asked for the league vote. 
uh, right as I posted this accepted trade, the commissioner responded, letting me know that he had changed his mind and deleted the trade off of our fantasy app. <laughs> Ultimately, the league decided <laughs> that I don't get the trade, but that moving forward, accepted trades are final. I was labeled as a, quote, complainer. And while I won't get anything back at this point, I need someone to agree that I was royally screwed. And by the way, this is from Will Sanders. So, oh, Sil Sil Wanders, actually. So I guess this is an alias, Sil Wanders. Uh, So they agree to the trade. They post the screenshot, and the commission gets cold feet. What do you guys say? He was a little overeager with uh, getting this trade hammered through. And I think the other fantasy manager saw that and said, "Uh uh-oh, I'm I'm getting ripped off here. I'm getting cheesed. I better reject the deal. The, the, they agreed to trade not through the league. Right. It seemed, well, they but then did he said, through then the league. They did through the league because he said they deleted it off our fantasy app. So they must have. Right. That make, makes me think that, that it wasn't just like a, a text exchange. Like we had this conversation the other day. Well, he, he said a screenshot of the accepted trade. That could have been a text exchange and not necessarily. He like, said he deleted it off the app, which would mean that was he deleting off the app? So my read was it was accepted, but before the league voted on it. He was bragging about his trade. Hey, guys, go vote on it. And then commissioner says, oop, cancel. I th- yeah, no, this is a very important distinction. If it was, ex- if it was done through the league, then, it's, then I think you can't back out. If it was just done through text message, that's different. But, uh, right. right. You really shouldn't back out either way. Like once you say, okay, I'll make that deal. Uh, I did that with that's Jamie. A deal. <laughs> right, Jamie? Wasn't I like, all right, propose it to me. And then you, you like, we kind of came to a text agreement and then I sort of did I think I went through with it but I wasn't fully committed to it. You got to hit the accept button before. I I mean I posted a poll on this uh because there was some back and forth uh with two managers in our dynasty league where they had agreed to a trade via text and then after a day or two, I think it was after the weekend uh one of the managers had cold feet about it but they had already agreed to it and there was a lot of back and forth about questioning their friendship <laughs> because they had agreed to the trade. <laughs> Um, already. So, you know, I, I, I think, um, it's pretty shady to back out of trades. If, if somebody says yes, however, it's accepted, you know, but until it's official, it's not official. All right. Well, when you say back out of trades though, you mean even, even through a text message exchange? Yeah. I think like, you know, Hey Adam, I'm going to trade you, um, Corey Kluber for Garrett Cole. And you say (laughs) yes. And then the next day you say, you know, I, I don't think that's a good trade, but you already said yes to it. Like, that's shady. I'm fine with it. I, that. That's, I think until you hit the accept button on your fantasy app or website, that is totally, it is not official, and you can say well, whatever I, you I want. I agree. It's not official. Yeah. It's I don't, not official. I, so I don't have a, so if you said to me, yeah, let's trade Kluber for Cole, and we're just sitting there, we're kind of casually as friends talking fantasy, and I'm like, yeah, let's do it before I really have the chance to process it, that's no well, big I mean, deal. That's no big deal. It's obviously got to be taken with some sort of context, but you know, if it's you, you come back and say, yes, I'm going to do the trade. No. Yeah. None of the wishy watch stuff. You say, yes, let's do the trade. And then, you know, a day later you said, no, I'm not going to do the trade. I'm fine. It's just just a shady move. I'm fine with that. No, it's not shady. I mean, it's a little shady. It it is a little shady, but it's obviously acceptable. Adam, you just recently shopped for a car, right? (laughs) I did. Yeah. And you didn't buy the car until you actually handed over a check to the dealer. You didn't say, okay, I'll take the car. But if you had called the dealer back the next day after saying, I'll take it, I'll give you the money for it tomorrow, you say, I changed my mind, I want the car. The car dealer is going to hate your guts, but you obviously don't have to buy the car just because you said you would. So I think the same thing kind of applies here. 
where if you don't accept it on the site, on the site, right? It's not official. Okay. Okay. So I think we're good there, right? Right. All right. Don't be a, did, right? Just overall, don't be a dirtbag in life and make <laughs> deals and then say, oh, yeah, I changed my mind. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Don't be like that. Yeah. You can, you can always say, let me think it over. Even if in your mind you were like, yeah, let's make this move. Let me think it over. Why don't you put it in the site for me to look at and I'll think it over? Sometimes I, I say that, and then as soon as they put in the offer, I'm like, bang, hitting accept. Because I, I know me, I'm a little, I get a little excited, you know, and yeah. I, ooh, shiny new toy, you know, and I'm like, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. And then I have, I don't think before I speak sometimes. So I posted this poll. This was May 24th. If two people agree to trade via text in the fantasy league, is that agreement official? 14,000 votes, 48% said yes, 44.6% said no, 7.3% see results. Why, why did you do C results? Why are you letting Heath bully right, you into this garbage? Make Just a decision. Make people, this is not a C results poll. Uh, but I am surprised. But to be that fair, do you yes really won. think that, that the, the majority of the 7.3% would have gone with? No. Right. Like I still no, think yes we got a, won. We, I think we got an answer, which is that it should be official. But we didn't have a majority, so we have to do the vote again. Now we have to have a runoff between yes and no. There, there are 200 comments on the, on the poll, and most of them are saying that if you agreed to the trade, it should be accepted. Right. So stop agreeing until it's actually on the site. I Ask for it to say, go on the site before you agree. I don't, I don't think you can understand the jealousy I have that you could get 14,000 votes on a poll. I, I, mean, I, I was surprised. It was very... Uh, very, I guess people are interested. I can't even touch that. And I was on Twitter a little bit last you can touch, night. I can, I can let you borrow my computer. <laughs> <laughs> I was on Twitter on Tuesday night uh, tweeting about basketball, which I don't usually do. That Blazers-Nuggets game that was, was fantastic. legendary. <laughs> wow. It was amazing. Okay. There have been a lot of great games. Just none for the Miami Heat. No. Well, no, the first one went to overtime. Right? Yeah. All right, here we go. Apple Podcast questions from NWO2Sweet. Dear hey, yo. Jordan, Tyson, Jackson, Bolton, and Buble. Oh, those are Michaels. Yeah. Uh, I'm in a 10 t- It was bad that Buble was the one that <laughs> gave it away. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more about, you know, the Jay-Z and Kanye song. Tyson, uh, Jackson, Jordan, game six. Oh, I have no idea what that is. Yeah, look it up. No. I know what you're talking about, Dave. Finally, something that Ben gets. Honest to God, the Michael Bublé cover of the Spider-Man theme song is actually no, stop, stop. It's actually pretty good. I'm not I'm not going to lie. All right, 10 team, 3 wide receiver, 2 flex league. I can keep 3 of these guys every year until they reach first round value. So he needs 3. Calvin Ridley in the 4th, Deshaun Watson 7th, Deontay Johnson 9th, Chase Claypool 15th. T. Higgins, 16th. These are tough. Mm. And he's three? Yeah. Um, I'd go Ridley, Claypool, Higgins. Same. Okay. This is from Chubby Thunder in a suburb near Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids has suburbs? <laughs> it's not a suburb of Grand Rapids. It's a suburb near Grand Rapids. Yeah, I got nothing. Grand Rapids is the well. I guess Grand Rapids isn't a suburb. What would they be a suburb of? Detroit. So I guess there is probably a well. It's it's on the other side of the state. Oh, isn't I have it? no idea. I have no idea. You don't know where Grand Rapids is? No. Do you, Do you know what Friday means? 
based on earlier today? No, I don't. Uh, yeah. Read the email. Okay. So he says, Dear Dave, Azza, Hugo, and Phil. This is a show called Step Dave. I just Googled. Never heard of it. 10-team, half PPR, keeper. One keeper. I landed the first pick this year. McCaffrey is available, so I'm taking him. So nice. who, sh- who should I keep to pair with McCaffrey, Zeke or Jonathan Taylor? Taylor. Two, uh, I know my league's drafting tendencies well. I know about 12 wide receivers will be selected before I get my next pick after Christian McCaffrey. So which two wide receivers outside of the consensus top 12 would you grab to pair with McCaffrey and Taylor? Um, I'd look for Amari Cooper if he's there. Robert Woods or the Rams guys, both of them. Mm-hmm. Mike Evans. Um, eh. uh, no, I'd rather have Woods and Cooper, but Evans should be in that list. I'd look for Godwin over Evans. Um, C. Lamb. I don't know. If Mc, I don't know if McLaurin is going to be a consensus top twelve. I know he will be for you. Well, guys. if he's if he does happen to be there, then you should jump on it. Yep. For Jamie outlined for reasons Jamie outlined earlier this week. All right, this question is from PSOL. Dear Bill, Kyle, Steve, and Chip. Hmm, I don't know. 10-team PPR, three receivers. I'm drafting seventh overall. I'm very content going with Ezekiel Elliott or Jonathan Taylor. On the swing back, my dilemma is Travis Kelsey will be there. This is a 10-team league. Uh, If Kelsey, Chubb, or Eckler, or Diggs, or Hopkins are there at 2.4, who do you take? Kelsey. Okay. From a Toyota, 10-team half PPR dynasty league, two quarterback, three wide receivers. All right. 10-team half PPR, two QB, three receivers. I picked up an orphan team that's a rebuild. I'm looking to trade Derrick Henry. Oh, that's it. I was looking to trade Derrick Henry. I was offered A.J. Brown and Austin Eckler for Henry, Chenault, mm. Russell mm. Gage, and my 2022 first round pick. Ugh. Yeah, it was looking really good until there, but that's, I'd still Can do you it. counter with the second round pick? No way. Counter with the second round pick and see if you can get it done that way. I'd do it anyway. Brown and Eckler for Henry and a second round and a first round pick and Chenault and Gage. You'd rather I, have the Brown side, right? I'd rather have the Brown and Eckler side. Yeah. 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 I mean, the first round pick is valuable, but. Especially if you're rebuilding, that's probably going to be a top five pick. I'd hate to give that up. So you Try wouldn't to give do up it? The second round pick instead. You do Okay. You do it for a second round pick, but what if the guy's like, no, first round pick only? What would you do? I'd have to say, let me think about it. <laughs> Why don't you <laughs> offer it up? Put it on <laughs> the site. What, Dave? What, Jamie? You still do it. Okay. From Wiz. Nobody beats him. He's the Wiz. I'm in a 10-team half PPR Dynasty Superflex League with 11 keepers. So far, my keepers are Kyler and Hertz, Swift, Montgomery, and Gaskin, Devontae Adams, Deontay Johnson, T. Higgins, and LaVisca Chenault. For my last two keepers, should I keep Ronald Jones, Juju, A.J. Dillon, Zach Moss, or Cole Komet? Juju's easy. Barry. Um, Does he have a tight end? No, he didn't. No, he does not. To me, it comes down to either Komet or Dylan. I keep Komet. I think I would too because I think you can redraft Dylan. You can redraft Komet though. Price. 
Uh, I mean, probably. It, I, it just, I'm, I'm assuming with all these keepers that everybody's going to have this number of players kept. So, you know, if Komet does have the breakout season that I hope he does, and I'm sure a lot of people do, um, at least you get one tight end on your roster that has some upside. Okay. He also has the number one draft pick. Uh, who should I take from these available players? Calvin Ridley, Najee Harris. Remember, it's Dynasty. Calvin Ridley, Najee well, Harris. Darren. You can almost say anybody else. It doesn't matter. Who are you gonna? Who? Najee. What's oh. his running backs again? You can also take Darren. He's got Swift, Montgomery, and Gaskin. And what's his receivers? Adams, Deontay, Higgins, and Chenault. And Juju. And Juju, right. All right, wait. Let me read all the lists here. There's a lot of good ones. Calvin Ridley, Najee Harris, Darren Waller, Lamar Jackson, 2QB League. Travis Etienne, Javante uh, Williams, Terry oh, Lamar Jackson, easy. Yeah, I overlooked the 2QB part. Okay, Jackson it is. Well, that's no, a super flex. He, I, but we do, he's got Kyler and Hurts. Yeah, I think you still take Jackson. Oh, it's super flex, yeah, sorry. Uh, okay, from Ballin32. Dear Mojo, Juice, Fridge, and the Goat. What the I hell? know three of those you nicknames. Do? I don't know who was Mojo. Maurice Jones' room, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Okay, well, the question is about the Jaguars. How good are the Jaguars? And who are the top three players we should target in drafts from the Jaguars? Uh, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, and probably DJ Chark. No love for James Robinson. But not in that. Not over those three. I'm drafting James Robinson before I draft Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, so are you, Jamie. No? Uh, yeah, I guess close. Did they did they really replace James Robinson? Like, I know his role is going to change from last year, but this is what I've, I've been thinking about him a little bit. Um, I I, I think that he's still going to be the main running back in this team. I think he's still going to be their short yardage guy. He's not going to catch as many passes, but I, I think ETN lining up everywhere is, is going to take away target opportunities from everybody, not just James Robinson. Just It might hit Robinson the most. He's going to be a little more touchdown dependent, but if this offense gets going like it could, then I think he's going to have some room to run. I think he'll actually be pretty decent. And I'm starting to think of him again as a low-end number two fantasy running back. Anybody getting nervous about Urban Meyer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but but obviously, but <laughs> yeah. from a Jaguar standpoint, it's easy to. But do not that. about but, Trevor Lawrence. But what I'm about not nervous about him? But what about from a fantasy standpoint? You know, I mean, like Chip Kelly was obviously a flawed NFL head coach, but he still gave us some good fantasy production, not from Kelly himself, <laughs> but from his teams. You know, but I don't know, Mer- Meyer. It's so. It's probably not fair to say this, but I do get the impression that he just feels like he's going to outsmart the league, and maybe he'll just kind of try to outsmart himself a little bit and and do things that hurt production. So Well, I, I think you'll see it pretty clearly if they keep Tebow on the roster, you know, and, and right. do what some of the reports are suggesting, that he's going to be a Taysom Mill-like player. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if there's a lot more Carlos Hyde than we anticipate because it's a guy that he knows and um, has a relationship with and puts Hyde in there and some of those opportunities that Dave was talking about for James Robinson. That would be a killer for Robinson. Travis Etienne and what that, you know, potential – uh, player can be or maybe not be, you know, if he's not going to necessarily use him as a running back and try to make him a gadget player, you know, to to more of an extreme than he's leading on to. And so 
yeah, uh, we, we can certainly see some of that happening. You know, he's going to try and recreate his offense in the NFL, and sometimes that doesn't work from the college game. And so hopefully it's not Tebow and Hyde and bad things for ETN, and it's more traditional. And, you know, Daryl Bevel and uh, Brian Schottenheimer have more of an influence on this offense than we, we hope. Mm-hmm. And Jason Lockenfora just wrote an article about Urban Meyer's new culture in Jacksonville has an old look to it. And uh, it was about uh, they've had two pl- two people in the organization sort of leave abruptly. And, you know, the th- I'm trying to just remember it, but the theory is like, that's not going to be the last. So anyway, uh, let's move on. We got a lot more questions here, so let's get to it. From Cap. Cap says, 10-team non-PPR, should I keep Lamar Jackson, Kelsey, or Miles Sanders? And the, ma- the round doesn't matter. So he can keep Lamar for one year or the others for two. 10-team non-PPR, Lamar, Kelsey, or Sanders? Sounds Kelsey. like Kelsey to me. Kelsey, okay. From history, 10-team PPR, two keepers. I'm keeping Kelsey. Now I have to decide between DeAndre Hopkins and Jonathan Taylor. I am leaning Taylor, but uh, I can be talked down. What say you, Hopkins or Taylor, PPR? Taylor. Taylor. Okay. From Gilbert in Lompoc, California. I don't know if I said that right. My league uses team QBs as opposed to individual QBs. With that said, where would you rank the Saints team QB among others? My league is five points per passing touchdown and an additional two-point bonus for a QB rushing touchdown. Wow. So five points for passing, seven points for rushing. Where would you rank the Saints guys? Top 10. I'm not ready to quite say top 10, but it could be top top 15 for sure, maybe closer to 11 or 12. I think I can yeah, name those 10 two guys and Ian Book. Let's go. <laughs> I was thinking even higher than that because you're, you you know if Taysom Hill wins the job you're going to get a good amount of rushing touchdowns and those are worth seven and if Jameis Winston throws two touchdown passes to Taysom Hill which isn't out of the question right yeah well no. so but wait a minute so you're going to get the points for both of those I think so yeah he would right that's how it is on our side too right. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you get if, all okay. So then, yeah, that does make sense. But, it could, but he could easily throw time. zero touchdown passes to Taysom Hill. That's probably the smart bet. Uh, <laughs> all right, top 10. So, yeah, like like Tom Brady or Saints, guys? Saints. You're not going to get any rushing touchdowns, really. Very Maybe two quarterbacks. Well, I mean, it's Tom Brady, Trask too. Plays, however, that's a different story. <laughs> It'll be Gabbard before Trask. Okay. Uh, I still think I'm going to go with Brady. Okay. Tampa Bay, TQB. Uh, this is from Pat Gotti. 12-man PPR, 1QB Dynasty League. I won the league last year, but I flipped some players last year and turned it into the first pick of the rookie draft. Wow. I'm thinking Kyle Pitts or Najee Harris. I have Kamara, Henry, and Mike Davis. My tight ends are Gronk and Tyler Higby. Also, what is a reasonable trade package to ask for if I want another top five rookie pick? I'm um, looking to trade Henry and Aaron Rodgers for picks. Well, what is his receiver situation, does he say? Because no. No. it's hard to overlook Chase as well. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, if his receivers aren't great, I think Chase is the pick. Yeah, I would go Chase, Pitts, Najee in a vacuum. Yeah. So, and I think not. I would here too because I think his running backs are good enough to keep him going for a few more years. But if he's looking to try and sell Aaron Rodgers for a rookie pick, I mean, you know, you're probably looking at the back end around one. But what if he throws in Derrick Henry? If it's I mean, Henry and Rodgers, is that enough to get him to 103? 
It should. I think so. Henry alone should get him to 103. I don't know if Henry alone can get him to 103. Well, I mean, if you're 103, you're in rebuild mode, so you probably don't want to do that. But if you're looking to get a player who's going to help you now, you know, what if you just had bad luck due to injuries last year and you have a really good team? Sure. Then you'd be interested in making that move. You could win now with Rodgers and Henry and give up 103. And then but I'm not could... training Rodgers and Henry for 103 alone. If he if he got 103 right. for Henry and Rodgers... Then he lost the trade. Maybe, but he'd still be able to use 101 on Harris and then take who's ever left from Pitts and Chase at 103. Or get Pitts and take who's left of Chase or Harris there. Well, but then if he doesn't have Henry, his running backs are weaker if he also can't get Harris. I think he's got to lock up Harris first if he's trading. I, know, I, I hold on to Henry because he sounds like he's got a really good team to begin with. I take Pitts and I try and trade Rodgers for first round pick. Okay. All right, that's it for today's show, I think, right? Yeah, that's it. Thank you all for the Apple Podcast questions. We'll read some more emails on Friday's show when we talk to Chris Towers for Dave and Jamie and Ben. Friday ahead or behind? I think they're interchangeable. I think that's what we learned today. There's Is really Friday no part of the weekend, Adam? Yes or no? Wow. I think yes. Is Friday a movie that's come out yet or still to be released? <laughs> Friday came out. Did you really just say Friday is part of the weekend? I kind of consider it part of the weekend because at least half of Friday, you know, you, it's once, literally part of the work week. Yeah, but once you're the done, weekend or you the go last, out. It's the, the last weekend. day and the first day of every week. You know, Friday night weekend. is a weekend. You know, Friday night is the weekend. Oh, I mean, I'm relaxing and all that stuff on Friday night. Sure, you know, Shabbos, but it's it's not part of the week. It's weekend. It's part of the week. Schrager, what do you think? Friday part of the weekend? After 5 p.m., absolutely. How do I put this into a Twitter poll? But not like actually. Oh, it's we're literally still part of the week. I, I agree that it's time to go, you know, chill out and stuff. Okay. Dave, what does your dog think? Is it part of the weekend or not? <laughs> I'll go, I'll go ask him. Let's see what he says. Hold on. Oh, when I knock, he doesn't come running down the stairs. But when a stranger knocks to deliver my son Taco Bell, he goes crazy. Okay, I'm putting I'm just putting is Friday part of the weekend? A yes, B no. I expect 14,000 votes on this. Uh, (laughs) Have a good one, everybody. We will talk to you uh, this weekend on Friday on Fantasy Football Today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.